Hashtag SAFM Headspace. Twenty-seven minutes now before eleven. You're still listening to the Headspace. We'll move on to our next conversation this time around. We're focusing on the security guard strike that looms large after failed wage talks. Wage negotiations in the private sector, uh, security sector, remain deadlocked, and unions are heading to commission for conciliation, mediation, and arbitration to declare a dispute. This is what they said in a statement today on Thursday. Previous negotiations failed when employers offered a 1.1% wage hike, which the union said they rejected outright because in real terms, it's translated to 23 cents per hour for grade C officers, the lowest paid category during a compulsory mediation process on the 1st and the 2nd of October. The offer was hiked to 5%, but this too has been rejected. The nine unions with seats on the National Bargaining Council, among them Detao and Satao, said they were holding out for 7,500 rand for grade C officers and 8,000 rand for grade B and 8,500 for grade A, grade A officers. Security officers in these grades are currently paid 4,377, 4,981 and 5,558 respectively. Joining us now is Chris Loopshire, an employer representative. Good evening to you, Chris, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. And also, we are supposed to be joined on the line by uh, uh, Democratized Transport Logistics Allied Workers Union Detao General Secretary Vusin Jangase. Do we have Mr. Jangase on the line? Mr. Jangase, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Evening, nice, and evening to your listeners. Let's begin with you. Is there nothing else that can be said, and I say said, uh, referring to talks, before you even head to a strike? Mr. Njangas? Yes, my. I'm, is, is I'm there, you, but I'm fine now. Is there nothing that can be said? <laughs> Have you exhausted all avenues for talks? I'm talking about to avert a strike. Is there nothing else that can be said to avert a strike? Look, I can't say that with certainty because we have now declared a dispute with the CCMA and the, the primary purpose of doing that is to get CCMA to assist us uh, to find a solution. But if I may, I may be to be realistic and practical from where we are, based on what has transpired from the inception or from the beginning of the negotiations, I can say that uh, without sounding uh, negative, that chances of uh, getting a solution out of these negotiations are very minimal. This is based by the attitude that has been displayed by employers from the beginning. And you can see uh, by their opening offer of 1.1% that... Uh, that on its own was a clear indication that uh, there was no willingness to find a solution. And uh, we are now from a compulsory mediation, and uh, we have officially deadlocked at 5%. And how on earth do you justify 5% offer in the light of the hardship facing security workers in South Africa? And uh, that's why at the time of the, the deadlock, We've characterized and described this offer by employers as very provocative and pathetic. 
And we think that based on what is currently on the table, there is a very, 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 very low chances of getting closer to each other in as far as we are concerned. Unless employers sober up and come back to their senses and realize that they have got a role to play in ensuring that we avert the strike in all possible ways. And the best way to avert the strike, they know, we have told them, that they have to put something very attractive to workers, an offer that will be difficult to reject. And in our view, that offer is 7500 per month for a grade C security officer in the third year of the agreement. And we think that uh, that is within reach and is achievable. We know that there are millions and billions of friends circulating in the industry itself. And we know that bosses are swimming in a pool of money given the high margins of profit that they experience. And unfortunately, they are the ones who have been laughing all the way to their banks at the expense of our members. And uh, unless that change, there is going to be a confrontation. And we're heading for one. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you could be slightly clearer. What do you mean by confrontation? What I mean by confrontation is that there is going to be a massive, massive, massive protest. And when there is a protest, it means that there is a confrontation between parties. Look, we have find ourselves a mission as workers in the security industry. And the mission is to achieve 7,500 basic salary for grade C in three years. And anyone who stands between us and that mission is likely to be dealt in the same way a dog deals with a bone. Which is what we are. What, 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 what do these phrases mean, Mr. Njangasin Diaklagek? I'm, I'm not quite sure if I understand. When you say confrontation, it has a different meaning. And now you're, you're using phrases like, like dealt with like a dog deals with a bone. What, 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 what do these phrases mean, sir? No, these phrases seem to impress that uh, the situation is so difficult in the negotiations. It's so difficult that it's going to be almost impossible to change the attitude of employers. And uh, the reality is that they, we are already at a confrontation point because uh, of the 5%. And we are, we are anticipating a confrontation between ourselves and employers pushing each other towards... I, I understand that part, sir. You've already stated money. that point. What I'm trying to understand is what you mean by confrontation. Confrontation does not sound like something constructive or progressive or, or good. What I'm, I'm trying to understand is what you mean by the word confrontation. I mean there's going to be a push between parties towards a solution. That's what I mean. Okay. We have to push one another for the solution to come. Okay. So are you, are you suggesting that there are going to be hostilities? Are you going to be hostile towards the employer? No, 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 no. I am saying there is going to be a push between parties to get to a solution. Okay. And that is going to be achieved through serious negotiations. Okay. We are going okay. to push each other theoretically in the process of engagement.
Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, because uh, other definitions of the word confrontation do have hostilities involved there. But if you're saying it's just a push for a better conversation, I understand. Chris Lipscher, your response. Um, yes. So um, we've been trying to desperately to avoid um, having negotiations via the media. Um, and uh, the employers remain completely committed to negotiations. Um, we, in fact, um, mm-hmm. we, we were dealing with negotiations the last uh, two days on um, what we call compulsory mediation, which we've been embarking on in an attempt to resolve the matter. Um, but even before these uh, compulsory mediations, the unions decided, even while we were in the normal course of negotiations, uh, they decided to go to the press and have press conferences, and they've been talking these confrontational games in the press now for uh, quite some time, even while the process was um, uh, unfolding. Um, and even yesterday, uh, we had a, a external mediator that was dealing with the, uh, the process. Um, we requested that there'll be another session because, according to us, and I just need to, to place this a little bit on record so we can understand each other, um, the the unions in their press conferences um, was dealing very much and highlighting the issue of the uh, employers, what they call ridiculous offer of 1.1%. But at the same time, when when that happened, the union demand was raising in was in the region of about 175%. If you added all the demands, um, so so when you faced with uh, a demand of um, 175%. Um, you and you need to look at the economic realities of um, the country where you you're sitting with uh, other industries having wage negotiations and settling those wage negotiations at a level between six and eight um, percent, and you faced with a demand of 175 percent. It stands to reason that you can't go in high. But those are matters that I think should be dealt with at the, the negotiations themselves and not in the media. Um, we fully committed to to dealing with the the issue. We placed what we believe is a is a is an offer on the table that's realistic in the current economic climate, where you've got uh, consumer price inflation sitting at about four point three percent, or sitting at four point three percent. And and we need to be realistic in in this market. Um, I think even the government has has set out uh, indications of where they they would want employers to settle. Uh, even their own uh, negotiations are in a, in a reasonable range. Mr. Lupshire, can I um, can I c- yeah. kindly request that you you steady your hand for your headset to be directly next to your mouth because I don't okay. know what what seems to be happening. You, you're dipping in and out of audibility. Go ahead, sir. Okay, I, I apologize for that. I'll try my best. Um, I've heard on a speakerphone, so it's easier to talk. Um, so 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 we far apart in the sense of. Uh, the current situation, but if you compare where we were, even just a couple of weeks ago, when your trade union demands were sitting at about 175 and we were at uh, 1.1%, um, we've made a radical uh, a narrowing of, of that gap, and, and we, we fully committed to, to, to resolve the matter. Um, it's now been referred to the CCMA, and we fully committed to that process as well. Um, I think the, the, the part that, that uh, uh, um, Mr. Shangate is not talking about is that 
um, in, the, in the private security over time. And admittedly, it came from a very low base, um, the, the salaries. Um, over time, we've taken hands with, with the trade unions and we've increased the wages um, in, in the industry. Um, uh, uh, security officers are not just earning a basic salary. There's provident fund contributions from employers. There's a, there's a statutory provident fund in the industry. There's a myriad of allowances that, that they get paid, night shift allowances, cleaning allowances. There's a whole myriad of, of allowances that get paid. And over time, we've upped that quite dramatically. We in the past had what we call five grades of security officers. And over time, we've reduced that in terms of payment to three. Um, so, so, so we've been working uh, very nicely with the, with the unions in terms of uplifting the lower levels. Um, the issue this year has been the introduction, which has never happened in the past. What we've over, over time have done is we've lifted the lower levels. And this year they've introduced suddenly, um, and, and we don't understand where it came from, um, a, a, a distribution number or a, or a new level for the lowest uh, paid security officers, which has just completely taken the, the negotiations to a situation where it's not affordable to, 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 to pay that um, in terms of the current economic environment. Um, the other thing I just need to to talk about is Mr. Changase talks about excessive profits and the rest of, of, of the things that he raised. Um, what he fails to mention um, is that the industry has got about eight to 9,000 security companies that operate. Of those, a very small percentage um, comply, actually comply with the legislation. So, so what happens is that you've got companies out there that do not, for I'm using an example, they do not pay the provident fund, or they um, they deduct money from security officers on their provident fund, um, and then do not pay that money over to the actual fund itself, and then basically steals that money. Those are competitors of employers out in the market, um, which then makes it very difficult for those companies who comply, and those ones that actually now sitting at the at the table with the unions, and those companies that are sitting at the table in the unions are the ones who want to professionalize the industry. But you can't, you can't narrow or, or, or make that gap too big between those employers that comply and the ones that do not comply. Because then you are killing those companies who are actually compliant um, in, 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 in respect of the, the, the agreements that we make. And, and Mr. Lupsha, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure I am following the, 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 yeah. the, the, your, your argument, and I need you to help yeah. us understand. By the way, I want to uh, lay your fears. Um, we are not uh, conducting any negotiations here on air. We are, however, offering both sides of the story to be aired and so that the public can be aware of what is happening. So what you're doing is merely communicating your positions to the public through this medium called radio. So please don't worry. We're not trying to conduct negotiations via the media. Now, I need you to help us understand, Mr. Loopshire. Currently, security guards are being paid 4377 4981 and 5558 These are people who carry guns and put their human bodies before a, a, a bullet to protect yourselves or your property. And when I say you're I'm referring to the employer. These employers know full well that there are elements there that could be life-threatening, but instead, 
they instead of uh, taking up these guns and protecting themselves, they employ human beings who are going to be standing between the employer and the bullet. And you decide you're going to pay these people 4,377, 4,981, 5,558. And yet in this country, we took a decision that we're going to be paying our domestic workers who are just cleaning in our homes that money. I'm not sure I understand. These men and women put their lives at stake. They carry guns so that they can fight when the employer wants them to fight and defend their life and limb and property. And the best the employer can do is 4377 the same pay that is given to a domestic worker. I'm not quite sure I understand. Educate me, Mr. Lupshire. Okay, so, so there's a massive difference between how a, 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 a domestic worker gets paid and how a security gets, officer gets paid. And as I said to you, admittedly, if you go back, the industry came from a very low, low base. And I, I do, you, you're right. And it would be fantastic if, if there was one security company in South Africa or one employer that would be able to, to control the payment of all the, the security officers and you've got a, a, a market that is willing to pay for that, then, then your, your argument makes sense. But when you have 9,000 security companies of which the large majority are not compliant with the very same legislation intended to to get uplift people, um, then then you're sitting in a situation where you have a, a, a supply and demand process. So, for example, you have a client and you you supply him with security services. And I'm a compliant company and I pay the, let's go to a grade A because you must remember that when you, when you are armed, you will normally get paid more than the security officer at a grade C. And we've also paid, put in place allowances for that. Admittedly, and, 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 and I agree with you that, that it, it would be the intention to uplift everybody. And, and it would be fantastic to, to pay double uh, what we currently pay, be pay, uh, paying security officers. But the fact is that when you, uh, when you want to supply a security officer to a client, you are competing with a company that does not pay that amount of money. And that brings the price down. And until the point where we are able to get the, the, the compliance level to where it should be, you are going to struggle with it because those prices are brought down by those very companies. Um, that, that supply security officers, they do not. So, so effectively, the benchmark, the, the, the benchmark is what the, the regulations dictate. So if the regulations were to dictate that it should be at very least 10,000 at grade, uh, C even for that matter, uh, then you would comply. Cause I'm hearing you repeatedly saying these are compliant companies, which means they are barely meeting or at the very least meeting the regulations. So what okay. is needed now is for, government to set a higher standard. Is that what I'm hearing, Mr. Loopshire? Well, well, if that would be the case, then, then that would solve the problem. But, but then you need to have um, compliant regulation and policing in place that you can make sure that there would be compliance with it. Like what's happened with the national minimum wage, okay. um, where that has been brought in. Um, and then that becomes the standard. That's fine. Then, then, then this problem would be solved. Okay. But at the moment, you're sitting at a, at a situation of supply and demand, um, and you've got a market out there 
that's got an appetite for a for a specific level of payment, um, and and you have to you have to um, be competitive within that market. Um, otherwise, you do not get the business, yeah. um, and and you won't be supplying that that labor to the client. I hear you. Um, and, I hear you. And, and that's a supply and demand situation. Okay, and we I can't you. change that. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, uh, Mr. Jungas, I'm hoping you're hearing exactly where your battle, you're supposed to be taking your battle. It would appear as though you would be getting paid much better if your government were to regulate much better. I'm going to take some calls and some voice notes for you, gentlemen. Let's go to Durban first with a call from Romeo. Good evening, Romeo. Good evening, Jungas. How are you? Well, thank I you, had sir. your guest. Sorry, man. Uh, let me quickly go into the go ahead, question. Go ahead. I had your guest to say he's talking about complying. Mm. For me, the, it sounds that is there are other companies that does not comply. In the event that the person has been, his money has been deducted for years and years, only to find out that the money is not going anywhere, and he is due for pension, what is he going to do over that issue? Because already uh, his money has been taken for years and years. And that company is not uh, uh, was not complying, and I think we shouldn't have that kind of a problem of complying. Where is the problem? Do we have got inspectors that are verifying all these things from the pay office to the bargain council, whether where, where, wherever they put their money for their pension? That's my question. All right. Thank you very much, Romeo. appreciate your call. Mr. Njanga, I want to ask you to respond to this one because I don't understand how these things would ever happen and yet the unions, to make sure that the rights of the workers are protected and are abused. So I'm going to ask you to respond to this one, Mr. Njanga. Before I respond to that, I would like to reflect to some of the issues raised by... You can. You can. I just want us to, 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 to respond to this one first and then you can respond to Mr. Loopshire after that. Look, the the question from uh, 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 Romeo is about uh, compliance, and it's an issue raised by Chris. That they, there is a general understanding at the bargaining council that there is a high rate of compliance in, of non-compliance in the security industry by a bigger number of employers, and uh, we have actually come to a decision to establish a bargaining council precisely amongst many issues to deal with issues of compliance and, and strengthen the bargaining council to be able to respond to issues of compliance because most of the companies where non-compliance is rife are unorganized. And uh, when I say unorganized, they I don't, belong they to don't unions. have unions. I understand. And uh, we have got a Department of Labor that is unfortunately not enough, uh, not adequately capacitated to respond to the levels of non-compliance okay. in the security industry. All right. So one of the key functions of the bargaining concept is to put the inspectorate department into place and chase and run behind all those employers that are not complying. Okay. But can I... Can I don't 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 don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll give you a chance, sir. Don't worry. I'll give you a chance. We'll, we'll, I'll give you the chance after the news to respond to what Mr. Lupsha was saying. Don't worry. I will offer you that opportunity. You have the right to reply to those things. I'll just let me take some voice notes and some calls. Go to PE. Ayabulela. Good evening. Ayabulela. Yes, Ramuzani. Well, thank you, Buti. Kunjani. I'm good to thank you, man. My man, I'm actually in business, eh? Hmm. So, so what? What the guy is saying, no, where, where, regulators? He's saying that the unions don't actually understand, but 
there's economics uh, that is actually involved in making decisions, okay? So you can't, as you say, if you, if the, if you have so much money, you can only give... Uh, All right. May I encourage you, Ayabulela, to respect this space. This is a public space. You watch your language. And whatever may have happened there does not warrant you give you the right to use vulgar language. Perhaps we should watch Ayabulela's call next time. All right, let's go to the voice notes. Phineas, let's try the first one. Go ahead. Wow. Oh, my name is Nelson. I'm here in Cape Town. Thanks, mister. Thanks for asking that guy that question. Because these people, they don't care about us. They are really, really don't care. They're taking security like we are nothing. We have a lot of enemies for protecting their property. But really, they are thinking to giving us 4000 They think that they're giving us a lot of money. They're paying us peanuts. Thank you. Thank you for asking that, that question. They must come all right. We are on a risk now. I'm on, I'm on duty now looking for big property here. But at the end of the day, I'm only earning peanuts. I have... I have kids to look after. I have. I don't. I didn't even finish my two room. I have long, long, long time working for security, but still we got nothing. I have nothing, so they must pay us because we are putting our life in danger. Right. Play the second one, Phineas, please. Good evening, night and the listeners. I am Willie in escort. I just want to remind your guest, Mr. Shangas, that playing politics in the name of representing workers is not good. To say that the employers are sleeping in a pool of money, riding expensive cars, that's none of his business. What he must concentrate on is to negotiate in good faith considering that security service is just a service it's not a productive sector and they depend on other people or companies to give them those services if they increase monies exorbitantly they will lose all the contracts and what will happen to the mere security guards does he have a fund to support them thank you Right, um, I'm going to take uh, the news and we'll come back and have Mr. Jangasa respond and then uh, respond to what Mr. Lubsha was saying. You're listening to the Headspace. It's 11 o'clock. It's time for the final bulletin for today with Ms. Odashi. Odashi. So we're concluding our conversation with our two guests uh, talking about the security, the, the looming security guard strike. And I'm saying this because this is not something that we should look forward to at all. We do not want a repeat of the last time we had a security guard strike, especially with the language that we're hearing now from Mr. Njangasi about dealing with anyone like a dog deals with a bone and there's going to be a confrontation. Language like that just makes me worried a little bit. So, uh, let's give Mr. Johnson an opportunity to respond to the calls and also to respond to Mr. Loopshire. Uh, whichever you want to go back, go for first. Mr. Jangas, you can respond. Go ahead. 
Thank you, thank you, Nare. I, I would prefer to start uh, with uh, Mr. Lobshaw's comments. Uh, I must uh, uh, confirm that the negotiation started on the 15th of August, uh, 2019. They officially collapsed on the 19th of September, 2019. We went to a compulsory mediation on the 1st and 2nd of October. And at the end of the meeting yesterday, after 10 in the evening at night, employers were still at 5% offer on the table. And that translates in a rent value to a one rand five cent increase per hour for a security officer in grade C. And that is 218 rand increase per, hour, per month for a security officer in grade C. I find it uh, disingenuous and untrue that this uh, offer on the table and the amount of time spent on the negotiation up to this up to this point represent a commitment, as uh, Mr. Lobshaw put it. What is commitment about five percent and the amount of time that has already lapsed in the process? And I have, at the beginning of the interview, confirmed that as of today, the 3rd of October, we have officially declared a dispute with the CCMA. That is an indication that we have now tried everything on our own to find a solution. And uh, we are still at 5% and we are told that 5% represents a demonstration of commitment. I don't know what that commitment means, but I find this extremely untruth. The second issue that I want to raise is the issue of the economic <coughs> difficulties. Look, since the beginning of the negotiation, there have been this narrative raised by employers that because of economic difficulties in the country and therefore it is difficult for the industry to respond positively to our demand, we, we, uh, we have difficulties in agreeing with them and accepting this reasoning. And you know why? Because in all the previous years, even when the economy in South Africa was said to be doing well, there was never a moment where employers uh, gave a reasonable increase to security officers. And that's why even now, in 2019, you still talk of 4,377 rand basic salary of a security officer in Great Sea, despite all the difficult the financial hardships and difficulties and the hard working conditions that security officers find themselves in. And we know we know that even in two thousand and six and that was the only time where in workers got a reasonable increase and that was out of hard 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 and unfortunate fights that workers took into the streets on a no work, no pay strike for more than a period of three months. And and therefore, we don't understand what is the impact of good and bad economic situation in the country to workers. It has never worked for workers. There was never a moment where, as a result of the good performance of the economy, the bosses, the captain of industries in the security uh, industry, came to workers and said, because the economy is performing well, 
this is what we are going to offer as a demonstration that the profit margin has gone up. And that's why we have pushed difficulties to accept this uh, 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 argument, because it has short legs. It has never worked for us. Okay. The um, third point is the issue I want to go back. Uh, sir, uh, please, please, the please, please forgive me, Mr. Compliance rate should be raised. Mr. Ndrangase, I've given you about six minutes now. Please forgive me. I need to conclude our conversation on this note. Um, uh, we, we need to move on to our next conversation, but I, I did give you the opportunity that I promised to give you, but we cannot uh, continue any further. But thank you very much, sir, for coming through and talking to us. Uh, we'll keep in touch and see if we can uh, bring this matter to the public as much as we can, right? Thank you very much, Nare, and thank you for hosting us. Thank you very much, sir. Mr. Lupshire, thank you very much for your time, and thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Thank you very much. Uh, our just last word is that uh, we remain committed, and uh, we believe that we can settle this matter uh, in good time. Hopefully so. All right, it's 11 minutes after 11.